I think wisdom is important in our lives because it helps us to lead the right path. I mean, we learn from our experiences or other people's experiences, whether they be good or bad, we learn from them and hopefully we'll make a better situation out of our future decisions in life. I think God wants us to know Him more because He wants us to live our lives to the fullest. And when we know Him more, we know more about Him, his, the Bible, His teachings, what He was about. And in such, I think we'll gain to appreciate God and His love for us. And hopefully that will show in our daily lives and maybe other people will want to know about what makes us so happy or what makes us tick. In Jeremiah 29:13, it says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I find that God wants all of our heart because he wants us to find him. And when we find him, we find joys in life and just the happiness. And with that, it's just fulfillment. And we can learn to appreciate God and all that he gives us. Good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads, or let me welcome you back to Crossroads after being out last week due to, to weather. Again, that kind of caught us, kind of knew about it, but we kind of didn't know about it. But again, welcome back. Let me also welcome those who are joining us online uh, via Facebook Live, also listening to the audio version of today's message from the 10 o'clock service. We welcome you, and we ask you like we have been doing previously. If you're joining us online, even if you're in the auditorium and you have your smartphone in front of you, if you could actually take this and share this from our Facebook page to your personal Facebook page, we really appreciate that because it just, again, multiplies the amount of people that can be exposed today and throughout the week uh, of today's worship and today's message. So if you'll take a moment and do that, and if you're joining us online on Facebook Live, leave a comment down below uh, to let us know who you are and that you're watching at home or wherever you're watching. Again, we welcome you. We know we have lots of people, lots, can I spell that, L-O-T-S, exclamation point, lots of people who are under the weather. And again, we uh, want you to know that we're praying for you. And if you have a prayer request that you'd like to, for us to uh, be praying for as it relates to you, uh, there's information actually there on this actual feed to tell you where to send that prayer request to, or you can just leave it in the comments section. So again, so important for us to be able to pray for you if you have a prayer need. A couple of things I want to remind you of, and again, I was talking to somebody about this a moment ago. Uh, we're probably in the... We're, we're kind of behind the curve when it comes to this, but we're probably going to get on board 
with a texting service that allows you to kind of know about things that are really important at church uh, at Crossroads. Uh, we'll be texting you. We're going to give you the opportunity to sign up, at least for right now. The way for you to understand any change of anything that would happen at Crossroads is via social media. That's either Facebook and or Instagram. So again, if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, I would strongly encourage you to do that because again, it will allow you to stay up to date and not have to make a trip here uh, and us not be here if the weather was to change. You have to know my heart. I have no desire to ever cancel a service, none at all. But again, last week was one of those things uh, I just felt like, you know, I was about 11.59, 11.58, and I started seeing other people cancel, and we just really weren't sure what the weather was going to be like. And again, we have people of all ages who attend here, and not knowing what it was going to be like, we just didn't want anybody to slip and fall. And again, so we just said, you know what, let's do what's the safest thing to do. Not necessarily the right thing, but again, it look, in retrospect, it looks like the right thing. So in order for you to keep up, always let us... Uh, let you know via Facebook or Instagram until we institute another method of communication that will keep you current. Also, let me say this, as it relates to uh, Valentine's, our, uh, our Inside Out students, they are actually going to be doing a community project. And again, as that relates to uh, the coming weeks, we're going to be doing something that really will benefit our community. And again, with that, we need you to help us, and helping us by doing that would be to bring some individually wrapped Valentine's candy. So again, if you will do that uh, over the next couple of weekends, our Inside Out students on Wednesday night will be taking those and using those, and you can bring those, and you can deposit those right in front of the information kiosk. We've got a basket set there. So again, just know that if you bring those, they're going to be used by our Inside Out students on Wednesday nights. Let me also say this. Baptism was actually scheduled to be last week, and we're just kind of going to reschedule that in the coming weeks. Uh, we had several people. Uh, again, we couldn't do it last week because we weren't here, but let me also say this. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to reschedule it. We're kind of going to wait till this sickness kind of thing gets over because we had several people who want to be baptized, who have been waiting to be baptized, who are sick or who have been sick. And so we're going to kind of gauge that over the next couple of weeks. So just know that. Let me also say this. Uh, again, uh, things will be adjusted as needed. But again, uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to try to get back to what I would say is more of a normal schedule. So hopefully in the coming weeks, uh, when, you coming, when you come in, we're going to have one of our guest service team members place into your hand a schedule of upcoming things or things that we plan on happening for the next several months. Again, we know it's important for you to understand and to know uh, what is upcoming so that you can fit that into your schedule. Everything, though, now is subject to change uh, with COVID and the sickness going around. So again, we're going to use an ounce of prevention and try to just, you know, make sure. Is that, is that the way I want to put that? A lot of, well, we're, we're going to make sure that we don't put you in situations that, you know, where there are going to be tons of people. That's why we've left chairs out of the auditorium and try to leave it where it's spaced out so that you understand we're going to be precautious. We're going to use, we're going to, we're going to be cautious and, and not put you in those situations where uh, there are going to be big crowds of people. You still see it happening. I mean, you see it ball games, you see it events. But again, for us, we're going to err on the side of caution. Precaution, caution, you, you, but you understand what I'm saying. So anyway, all right, let's dive in. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was preparing for this morning, and, and I was reminded 
about a trip that I actually made in 2009. It's kind of funny when you are uh, preparing a message that, that something will kind of jog your memory. And again, a, a, as I was preparing for today and diving into the second week of this series, I was reminded of a trip that I needed to make. Uh, it was the, like the very last day of 2009. Uh, we had had a couple who was attending church here at the time, and honestly, uh, they had had their first child on the very last day of 2009, and, and, and it was in Murfreesboro, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a trip to Murfreesboro so that I can go and actually visit them and, and celebrate with them the birth of their new child. And, and again, you know, when I think about going to Murfreesboro, uh, like many of you, uh, it, it's, not, it's not something that I have to give a lot of thought to. I knew where I was going, although I did not know where I was going. I knew about where I was going. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do what I need to do. I'm going to get over there, and I'm going to get back, and, and, and I'm just going to go about my business. Long story short, you know, I thought, you know, I know kind of where I'm going. So I, I, I went to my computer because at that time, these map apps like Waze they weren't as well known as they are today. Now, they, they still existed because I think Waze started in 2007. Google bought them out in 2013. But I, I didn't really know a lot about those apps that were on our smartphones like I do now. So I, I, I thought, you know what, just to be safe, I'm going to go to my computer. And many of you probably did this back in the day. Uh, we would put in an address. You would put in the address that you were starting at and the address that you wanted to go to. And you could print out the actual directions. And I thought, you know what? Being the Einstein that I am, I'm going to make sure that I have the directions with me. So I put in where I was leaving from, the office address, and where I was going to. And I printed out the directions, stapled them together, threw them on the seat of my car, which ultimately they fell in the floorboard of my car. And I made my way to Murfreesboro. And again, it, it just didn't seem to be that complicated. I kind of knew where I was going, but I wasn't totally sure. And honestly, as, as I made my way around Murfreesboro, I saw some things that I was very familiar with, and I also saw some things that I really didn't remember those things being there. And again, that's the way it is. That's the way it is in Lebanon. That's the way it is in Murfreesboro. You go to these places now, and, and things are just different. Well, that's exactly the way it was then. So I, I made my way down the interstate. Again, I was confident in my ability to find my destination without the help of my map. I mean, I'm a man. I don't need directions. Right, ladies? We do not need directions. But once I arrived in the city of Murfreesboro, I realized that things there are so much different than they were when I went to school there. Because I actually went to MTSU for a couple of semesters. Now, I've been back, but it seems that every time I go back... Things are a little bit different than they were the time that I was there before. So I just continued to make my way in the general direction of where I knew I needed to go. And it was cold like today, and there were very few people on the road. I think it was actually spitting snow, if I remember. And I was totally unsure of what this place, or where this place I was going, I was totally unsure what it looked like. I knew the name of the place but I had no idea what it actually looked like. And as I got close to where I thought I was supposed to be, there was nothing around me that looked familiar to me. And I was lost. But that's when I remembered that in my car, I had my map. 
the map that I had printed out in the office. And, and I looked uh, on the seat there, and uh, it wasn't on the seat, and I moved my purse, my bag that I carry with me. Again, I proudly carry a bag with me because I want all my things to be with me. You need uh, ibuprofen. I've got ibuprofen. I can hook you up. I'm always going to have that kind of stuff. But again, I looked for the map, and I couldn't find it, but it had made its way onto the floorboard. So I picked up the map and looked at the directions, and in a matter of minutes, I was right on track, and I arrived safely at my destination. And again, you think about it, and it seems pretty simple, doesn't it? All that I needed to do to avoid the confusion, all that I had to do to avoid the commotion, everything that I was experiencing in that moment could have been avoided if I had simply taken the time to look at the map and to read the directions. If I had just taken the time to pay attention to that map that was right there with me the whole time, I could have avoided the delay and all the problems that I had experienced. And it just made me think, again, as I was prepping for today, that's simply the way that life is. I mean, for most of us, that is exactly the perfect description of the way that your life and my life can feel sometime. I mean, it seems like there are areas in our life where we walk around and we're like in a fog. We feel like we're lost. And we can't find the map and we can't find the directions to help us to solve that place where we find ourselves in life. If we really just took a, take a look at what's happening in many of our lives, the thing that you're going to see is the very same thing that I've seen about my life. It's like we're just driving around trying to find the answer to a better life all by doing it on our own. But here's the reality. The reality is that we don't have to do it that way. We don't have to learn life's lessons by failing at everything first. You and I don't have to go through life doing things based on our instincts. Again, this is the very reason why I feel like this series is so vitally important to all of us as we start this new year together. Because when I go back over the years and I consider and I look at the series that we started at the beginning of each year, I can't think of one other series that, in my humble opinion, is as important or more important than this series. We're calling it Follow the Yellow Brick Road. Because together what it's about is about you and I coming together here in this auditorium online, watching it online, listening to it. It's about us coming together, searching for something that we believe can help us in many of the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in in our life. And the thing that we started searching for a couple of weeks ago is wisdom. We've started this new year, we've started 2022 on the search for wisdom. And I just kind of want to go back a couple of weeks ago because as, as I introduced this series to you two weeks ago, 
I gave you a very simple definition of what I believe biblical wisdom really is. And one of the things that I want to say before we put this on the screen, one of the things that I want to say is this. This is actually my definition of what I believe that biblical wisdom actually is. This is not what Billy Graham says. This is not what Andy Stanley says. This is not what Rick Warren said. This is just my opinion of what biblical wisdom is. Because again, when you think about just wisdom in general, most of us in this auditorium, most of those listening and watching online, when we think about wisdom, one of the things that we think about is knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge. Wisdom is, is, is information. We associate wisdom with people who we know that they are smart and they have taken their smartness and they have turned that smartness or their wisdom, their know-how, they've turned it into money. But that's not what I believe wisdom is. More importantly, that's not what I believe biblical wisdom really is. So let me go back and give you my definition of biblical wisdom. Here's what I believe. Biblical wisdom is actually living skillfully in the place that you find yourself. Biblical wisdom is living skillfully in the place that you find yourself. It's living skillfully in the actual conditions that you find yourself in in your life right now. And let me just tell you, as you look at that definition, and some of you need to write that down, that definition, in my opinion, it gives us flexibility because we're not all going to find ourselves in the same situation or the same circumstance at the very same time. But see, that definition tells us that biblical wisdom can help us no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance in which we find ourselves. So for many of us, you could take that definition that you see behind me, and in 2022, on January the 23rd, you could actually apply that to the financial area of your life. You could say, you know what? What I've got to learn to do in 2022 is to live skillfully in these tough financial times that I'm experiencing or that my family's experiencing. That's some of you. For other people, biblical wisdom is going to mean this. You need to learn how to live skillfully as it relates to a relationship, a marriage, a friendship. Because right now, there's a relationship in your life that you would say and that you would admit on this day, that relationship has its own share of problems. Then there are other people who that actual definition of biblical wisdom, it would apply to some health issues that you are experiencing as a part of your life. See, and that's why this is so important. Because the wisdom that we're searching for, 
That wisdom is simply to help us live skillfully in the conditions, in the place that we find ourselves right now, whatever that situation or circumstance may be. Because listen to me, my conditions and circumstances are going to be different from your situations or circumstances. And biblical wisdom gives us the flexibility to grow and to understand and to apply that wisdom to our life no matter what might be going on in our life. Now take that definition and, and take what is going on in your life right now and just think about it. Because you can start to see the very reason why I think this series is so important. And last two weeks ago, we, we, we introduced this series and we did so by looking at a person in the, in the Scripture, in the Bible, that actually was a person who found themselves at a very young age, but in a very tough place at a very young age. And that person that we looked at two weeks ago was David's son, Solomon. And, and here's the thing that's interesting about Solomon. Solomon, most people don't understand, but Solomon was actually made the king of Israel at the ripe old age of 12 years old. And in that dream where Solomon is 12 years old, God appears to him in a dream. And crazy as it may sound, God asked Solomon in that dream, Solomon, what is it that you want? What is it in your life that you need? Now think about it, a 12-year-old kid. I mean, to me, a 12-year-old kid would want season tickets to the Predators, an iPhone 13, a four-wheeler, I mean, any number of things. Any normal, in this culture, 12-year-old kid, if God appeared to them in a dream, the last thing they would ask for is the very thing that Solomon asked for, but God appears to Solomon in this dream and says, what is it that you need? What can I give you, Solomon? And Solomon said to God, the thing that I need more than anything else is wisdom. He didn't ask for all the other things, but instead he asked for wisdom. Solomon found himself at a place in his life as a boy king, 12 years old. He asked God for something that he could really use. Because again, wisdom was the very thing he could use where he found himself at that moment. And again, think about it. When you think about the definition for wisdom that we're using, it really applies to Solomon and the situation in which he found himself. And here's what's interesting. Solomon didn't ask for all the other things that he could have asked for. He asked for wisdom. And God gave him what he asked for. And because Solomon didn't ask God for all those other things, God gave him all of those other things anyway. God gave him all the things that he didn't ask for. 
And now history tells us that Solomon is known as the wisest, smartest, richest person to have ever lived. He is the smartest, wisest, richest person that ever will live. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all of those names, all of those people pale in comparison when you take and compare them to Solomon. And I know, again, in, in our culture where technology is king, that's something that you and I have a hard time believing. But let me just tell you this morning, it's simply the truth. I told you two weeks ago that if you take Solomon's wealth, the thing that he didn't ask for, he asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for wealth, but God gave it to him anyway. But if you took Solomon's wealth in that culture and laid it in today's culture with today's value and today's dollars, Solomon would not be considered a millionaire. He would not be considered a billionaire. Solomon would be considered what most scholars believe to be a trillionaire. But when it comes to the thing that Solomon asked God for, here's the thing where you and I benefit. When Solomon asked God for wisdom, you and I are fortunate to have the wisdom that God gave to Solomon recorded in the book of wisdom or the book of Proverbs. So to help us benefit from some of Solomon's wisdom, we've asked you to come alongside of us and do something together. Because here's the thing, over the last 22 days, today being day 23, we've asked you to join us and participate with us in something that we're calling the 31-Day Challenge. And again, we told you this at the end of December, and again, we posted it on social media. I talked about it on January the 9th. But again, the 31-Day Challenge simply means that for every day on the calendar in the month of January, we want you to take the time to read a corresponding chapter from the book of Proverbs. So here's the way that worked. On day one, you read chapter one of Proverbs. On day two, you read chapter two. And here's the thing. After that, each day after day one and day two of January, you read a corresponding chapter from the book of Proverbs. And that means simply this. At the end of January, you will have completed and read the entire book of Proverbs. Now, here's the thing. I know this, this first month of 2022 has been crazy. And I know some of you probably didn't know. Some of you probably didn't pay attention. Some of you probably haven't been doing this. But if you haven't been joining us and reading a chapter a day in the book of Proverbs, start now. And the reason why I would tell you to start now is because I believe this is very important as it relates to what God wants to do in all of our lives as we go through these next several weeks together. So today, I, I want to dive into the book of Proverbs. And, and, and as we dive into it today, we're going to look at something 
that you've probably already read. And, and, and I think today is really important because it kind of sets the tone. Today is the day that kind of gives us direction uh, for everything that we're going to be discussing from this point until this series is over. Uh, and as you're probably going to be able to see, I, I'm taking a different approach to this series, and I'm actually kind of easing into this series in a very strategic way. And the reason why I would ease into this series in a very strategic way is simply because I believe this series is that important. I mean, I mean, think about it. I know many of you people on, on, on Facebook, I've already kind of seen people. I try to stay off of social media as much as I can because it's so polarizing. But, you know, I have to post some of the stuff that's posted for the church. And what's really interesting is you have one cold snap and a snow and everybody wants spring to be here, right? I mean, they're just over winter already. And I'm like, guys, you know, we've got January, February, March, sometimes into April, and it's going to be cold. But, but the more I thought about this series, the more it made me think, this series is really about, you know, when spring gets here and, and we're wanting to get into the swimming pool, or we're wanting to go to the lake. And, and one of the things that you rarely see people do is you rarely see people put on their swimsuit and just go jumping headfirst into the water. I mean, most of the time what people do is when spring arrives and the pools are open, they, they kind of ease into the water. And, and really, that, that's the way I'm kind of seeing this series. It's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same approach. Because here's the thing. We're easing into this because I, I think we need a real understanding. And maybe understanding is not the actual word that we should use. Maybe, maybe the actual word that we should be using is the word foundation. We, we need a good foundation so, so that you really understand all of the wisdom that is found in the book of Proverbs. And we need to understand how that wisdom can help us in the situations that we're going through in our life right now. And let me say it again. My situations and my circumstances are going to be different from your situations and your circumstances. So this morning, if you have your Bible and you'd like to look at it, and I know you probably can't see it, but do the best you can. Use your phone. Use your flashlight on your phone. This morning, take your Bible and turn to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to start in chapter 1, because I can't think of any better place to start. And this is what it says Proverbs chapter 1. Look, look at what it says behind me. We're going to put it up there so that you see it. It says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now, the, the key word, and we're going to leave that up there so that you can see this. The key word are those first two words, the Proverbs. Because it naturally brings to us a question it's what is a proverb? I mean, I mean, what is a proverb? And, and, and the more I thought about telling you uh, about a proverb, I, I got to thinking, I thought, you know what? May, maybe that's not really the way to approach that. Maybe the question is, is really not what is a proverb, but instead, let me, let me tell you what a proverb is not. 
And, and the way for you to understand what a proverb is not is to really understand that, that people have confused what proverbs really are. And to understand what a proverb is, you have to know what a proverb is not. And the way to understand what a proverb is not is to understand that in Scripture we find, which we have talked about these before, we find three basic or three different kinds of statements throughout the Scripture. Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find three different types or three different kinds of statements. The first of those statements is what I call laws. Again, that's one of the statements that you find in Scripture. Laws are those things which are commands. Those are things that I'm always supposed to do. Let me give you an example. Exodus 20, verse 15. Thou shalt not steal. That's a law. That's the easiest one for me to give you and for you to understand. That's always the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to steal. That's a law. That's a command. That's something that you're always supposed to do. So the first type of statements that we have in Scripture are laws. The second kind of statements are what we call promises. Promises... When we talk about a promise, we're talking about a guarantee of what God will do or a guarantee of what will happen. And we find one of those promises in Deuteronomy. See, I can never say it. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Here's what it says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. Again, you can take it to the bank. No matter where you are or what you're going through, God is going to be with you. He will never leave you nor will he forsake you. So we, ha we have those first two kinds of statements, those things we call laws. We have those things we call promises. But then we have what we call a proverb. And, and to me, a proverb is a clever way of trying to describe the way that things really are. A proverb is a catchy, clever way for me to describe the way that things generally are. And again, some of you need to take a second and write that down. A proverb is a catchy, clever description of the way that things generally are. Let me give you an example of a great proverb that we find in Proverbs 11, verse 25. Here's a proverb. We've looked at a law. We've looked at a promise. Here's a proverb. Proverbs eleven twenty-five says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now look at that. And we're going to leave that up there for you to see that because I want to kind of expound on that. The wisdom is this. A generous person will prosper. Whoever takes the time to refresh other people will be refreshed. 
And let me propose a question that I think is vitally important on the front end of this series. And here's the question. Are there exceptions to Proverbs? And the answer to the question you see behind me is absolutely. We're going to go back to Proverbs 11, verse 25. Look at, look at it again. We're going to put it back up on the screen. Pro Alex, put that back up on the screen, Proverbs 11, verse 25. It says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be, others will be refreshed, refreshed. Are there exceptions to that proverb? And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Lots of times, people, even that I know, can be generous. And even in their generosity, they don't prosper at all. They may, in fact, be quite poor. Because Proverbs are not guaranteed formulas for success. A proverb does not guarantee that you're going to have success in your finances, in your relationships, at work, or as a parent. But proverbs could probably best be defined as wise observations about kingdom living. That's really the best way to define a proverb. It's just a wise observation about kingdom living. And that's the very re reason why I believe today's scripture is so important. Because today's scripture is going to help us understand just how wise they are. And there's one of these verses that we're going to look at in just a moment that's really going to help us drive the point home. So let's start again, chapter 1 of the book of Proverbs. Here's what it says. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. For receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Now, let me just say this. The verses that we just read are verses 1 through 6 in chapter 1 of the book of Proverbs. 
And those six verses, listen, listen, listen. They set us up for what we're about to read in verse 7. And not only do they set us up for what we're about to read in verse 7, those first six verses help us see and begin to understand this principle that is interwoven throughout the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. So let's look at verse 7 together. Here's what verse 7 says. Remember, verse 1 through 6 set us up so that we would understand and get this. Because verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And you may be asking the question, Randy, why Proverbs? Why should we look at the book of Proverbs, and why should we start the year on this search for wisdom? And see, if that was the question that you were proposing to me, I would tell you there's a very simple answer to that very question. Because you and I don't need to be like I was in 2009 when I was looking for that location in Murfreesboro. We don't need to be driving around in life. We don't need to be living our life, living out one failure after the next. We don't need to continue to do things that are consistently going to bring a bad outcome into our life. We simply don't have to figure this life thing out on our own. And that's what the book of Proverbs does. It gives us directions. It gives us a map. It gives us direction on how we can live life and avoid some of the things that ultimately we keep doing and those things keep turning out bad for us. Because, see, here's the thing. If you and I don't know any different, you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep doing the very same thing and expecting different results. And if you're doing the same thing, listen, 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 listen. Some of you have stepped into 2022, and you're doing the same things that you did when you stepped into 2021. And let me tell you, if you're doing the same thing this year that you did last year, and you're expecting different results, listen, for friends, that's the definition of insanity. Because the book of Proverbs shows us from chapter 1 to 31 that we have a choice in the way that we are going to live our lives in different area, areas of our lives. We have a choice. And I think that choice is detailed very simply in the rest of chapter 1 of the book of Proverbs. Because from verse 7 on, we are introduced to this principle that I call the two paths. There's just this, this principle that we see. And again, this is something that you're going to want to draw from as we move through this series over the coming weeks. You're going to see the principle of these two paths. 
it's really sort of a principle that, that is interwoven throughout the book of wisdom, throughout the book of Proverbs. Because, see, verses 8 through 19, those speak of what I call the second path. That second path is what I would call the path of foolishness or the path of stupidity. And let me tell you, we're going to come back to the path of foolishness or the path of stupidity in just a moment. But in verses 20 through 33 of chapter 1, that's where we find the first path, which is what I call the path of wisdom. And the path of wisdom is, is, is marked by something very unique. It's kind of marked by what I call the fear of God. And from that path, the, the path of wisdom. We, we, we clearly see things like faith and trust and love and humility. But on that second path, the path of foolishness, the path of stu stupidity, you know what marks that path? The path of stupidity is marked where no one fears God. The path of foolishness is, is characterized by arrogance and pride, faithlessness, self-exaltation, fear of man. Two paths, the path of wisdom, the path of foolishness. The path of wisdom leads to life. The path of foolishness leads to sin and to death. And the book of Proverbs, this book of wisdom, paints for us the picture of life. Because the picture of life is what we could and should be pursuing. And it also paints the picture at the very same time of a life that we should and want, would want to avoid. So today, as we kind of ease into what I believe is truly going to be a, a life-changing time for all of us over these coming weeks, it kind of forces us, whether you're in the auditorium or you're watching or listening online, it kind of forces us to look at our life and ask the question, which path am I on? I mean, that, that's the thing that I would, that I would cause you to, to kind of ask yourself right now, whether you're here, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your office, whether you're in your home, whether you're well, whether you're sick, ask yourself the question, look at your life and look at the fruit of your life and ask yourself the question, which path am I on? Am I on the path of wisdom? Or am I on the path of foolishness? I mean, think about it. Can you look at your life and say to yourself without any shadow of a doubt, can you be absolutely sure that you this morning are pursuing the path of wisdom? Without any shadow of a doubt, can you say that you are absolutely 100% sure that you are pursuing that path as you step into this new year? that path that's marked by the fear of God. 
that's characterized by things like tr trust and faith and love and humility? Or is your life heading down the path of foolishness? That path that I myself call stupidity. Because that's the path that's marked by no fear of God. And it's characterized by pride and arrogance and faithlessness. The second path is the path of sin. It's the path of death. And whether you came in here realizing it or not, you're on one of those two paths right now. On the 23rd day of January, you're on the path of wisdom or you're on the path of foolishness. And see, here's the thing. Over and over, in the book of Proverbs, the writer is going to remind us to continue to pursue wisdom. Because when you pursue wisdom, it's going to lead you to a better life. And you will avoid the trappings of foolishness and sin. We're going to be reminded over and over that by pursuing wisdom, that it is possible for us to resign from the stupidity of sin. Let me ask you this question this morning. Do you want to live a better life? Then pursue wisdom. Do you want your children to live better lives? Then you need to encourage parents, grandparents. You need to encourage your children and your grandchildren to pursue wisdom. And some of you say, well, how do I do that? How do I pursue wisdom? Let me give you a suggestion. I mean, this will apply for most of us in the room, most of those listening and watching online. Do you remember that first person that you fell in love with? I mean, that person that you really, that first love? The person that you couldn't get off your mind? I mean, you couldn't talk to them enough? You spent all your money on them? That's the way you pursue wisdom. Let me tell you this morning, and it sounds a little hokey. It sounds a little like I've been watching the Hallmark Channel too much. You pursue wisdom like a lover. It occupies every bit of your time and every bit of your attention. That's one of the reasons why we encouraged you to do the 31-day challenge. You pursue wisdom like you pursue a lover. And you flee from stupidity. And you f flee from foolishness. And let me remind you this morning, it isn't just going to happen. You have a part in this. You have a part to play. And starting this year off, even as crazy as it's already started out, but if you start this year off this way, it seem, simply means that the wisdom that is found in the book of Proverbs could actually make a difference in your life. And you could begin to see a difference 
in your finances, in your relationships, in your career, or even in your spiritual life. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I'm honestly so messed up about where this series is going to end, but it's probably going to be well into February, if not the first of March, because we got lots of stuff to cover. But let me encourage you, be here every week. And if you're sick, don't come, but watch online. But if you're coming, bring your family and bring a friend. Because I'm going to tell you, I believe the wisdom that's found in the book of Proverbs, it's wisdom that can make a difference in both of our lives. Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? God, so many times we look at Scripture and we think about Scripture being irrelevant to our lives. So many times we read and we don't understand, we don't comprehend. But one of the beautiful things about the book of Proverbs is that the wisdom that is found there, it's just written in a way that it just kind of automatically absorbs into our spirit. And we can take it and we can apply it so easily. The problem is that many of us just don't take the time to read it, to understand it. So God, my hope and my prayer is that today is only week two of this series. We've got like seven weeks to go. My hope and my prayer is that we will understand what is written and what has been left for us. And that we will take it and that we will sit in it and we will marinate in it. And that we will allow the wisdom, those beautiful insights to kingdom living. We will allow those things to change our lives. And that this will be the best year that we've ever experienced. So God, by your spirit, would you do what only you can do? As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.
Take the 